Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit that we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher, tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust that you on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Jeffrey. Hey guys, pa- Pastor Jeffrey. Jeff, is it Jeffrey or Jeffrey? It's Jeffrey. That's good to know. But not with a G, because I'm not English. Joffrey. I think some of my people are from England, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this this week was uh, was Easter Sunday, so happy Easter to everybody. That um, it would be, as we were told, a stupid holiday if it were not for Jesus. <laughs> if it wasn't for the resurrection, then you'd have people just running around chasing eggs. The uh, town that I used to pastor in, the... Um, like the local sheriff's office i might be getting this wrong but it was a park nearby and like the local sheriff's office had a helicopter or something <laughs> somebody had a helicopter and they would dump like five thousand eggs at the local park out of the helicopter and then everybody would just go mad you know it's like something out of the apocalypse well, like was, feeding people you know on the ground there's <laughs> apparently like uh fights and stuff at the green for their egg hunt this year <laughs> That's awesome. like there's like a golden egg and they uh, it's supposed to release by like age. Okay. The, the bigger kids were like, "Whatever, we're going to the parents too." Wow. So, yeah. They, I wonder what the golden egg was. I don't. I didn't look it up. But I was know it that, the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? Uh, who knows? Probably cheesecake. Probably from cheesecake. The factory. cheesecake factory. Yeah. But the green had to like apologize for it. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. We did a little Easter egg hunt with our neighbors, our unbelieving neighbors. We invited them over and. uh it was a fun time, but the golden egg, there was three golden eggs, and two of them had, like, chocolate eggs inside, ah. like, nice candy, and then there was one with, like, two bucks yeah. in it. Avery found the one that was out there with, like, five bucks in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did two bucks. I talked to some folks on Sunday that said that they, like, find Easter eggs, like, the year after, and the candy's, like, still good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like, hey, just hide it again. It's just, or just leave it out there. Just leave it out there. Yep. Just leave it out there. That's true. We have these holidays. It's funny how the world tries to, tries to um, prop up all these things around uh, for distractions and and or just in ignorance. You know, walking in ignorance and coming up with silly things. And for sales. And for sales, pretty much for sales. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing quite like a major holiday in the Walmart aisle. <laughs> be it Christmas or Easter or like like Halloween's crazy as well. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be coming out here in two months. Probably. Jeez. Well, this week uh, you uh, preached away from Hebrews. We were in First Corinthians 15, and uh, the title was that they might have life and have it abundantly. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, Jesus rode from the presence from the dead last year too. <laughs> he did last year. He has a habit of doing that each year. So that's a quote from one of my children. <laughs> Who Brim was like, oh, we're so excited about Easter Sunday and celebrating the resurrection. And they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus <laughs> rose from the grave last year. <laughs> and I was like, I've been talking to this one in particular about salvation. And I was like, yeah, we probably have, need to have some more conversations. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't go back in Why the grave. killing him? Right, exactly. He has a habit of, of doing that thing every year. <laughs> Did that last year. It was pretty funny. He was born again last year. Exactly. He gave a baby last year. <laughs> I, see, I see him everywhere in these little nativity sets. <laughs> That's just fantastic. I love that. I'm going to use that every year. Yeah. Well, you, you 
tackled a lot. I mean, I, I it was the entire chapter. There um, is 58 verses. So it, it was fantastic on that. And it was it was a good, not break from Hebrews, because everything that you're talking about is what we've been talking about yeah. in the high priesthood. Yep. So taking this perspective into the resurrection, I think was was as I would say super helpful. Uh, you tackle the the resurrection, grace transforms the past, and then looking how grace empowers good works now, mm-hmm. and then future grace. So you were really trying to cover the timeline of our life, looking at Paul. Of all right, now I'm saved. What do I do now? But what what about the time from when I was predestined to when I was redeemed? What yeah. what do we do with that? So. That was really helpful, uh, framing all that in the timeline of life. But then you went on to the future piece, which I, I really uh, needed the help, the reminder of, and something that I really try to lean into. I don't know if this is just kind of part of my comfort idolatry or not, but mm. this is a real big component, the restoration of all things. Yeah. And so I appreciate you tying in uh, even our liturgy of saying, hey, I, I know it's kind of the last point of what we do on Sunday. Yeah. But this is this is what we're heading to. Yeah, this is this is really what undergirds everything that we do now. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to some folks after the service, and they they said one of them said, like the muscle memory from Hebrews was just firing all over the place as you were going through this. I was like, oh, yeah, it says this in Hebrews, and it says this in Hebrews, and there's the awesome faith looking forward and hope to what we will inherit. And I just don't think sometimes it's at the end of our liturgy, um, and it's there for a reason because mm-hmm. we're not there yet. So technically, the rest of the week is that part this of the is liturgy. True. This is true. That's a good point. I just don't know if we think about it enough. And some of that has to do um, with, I think, our culture's obsession with health and life, which there's a lot of good things to say about being healthy and, and living well. But a lot of that is in response to a great fear of death. Mm-hmm. And we put our, our dead in these crypts and places behind big giant gates to keep them out of sight versus it, other cultures that have them buried on their property. Yeah. You know, or, or previous generations in our American culture that were very familiar with death because babies died of fever and mm-hmm. people didn't live very long. And there was a much more close connection with death. And not that, not that there was any less of a fear of it maybe, but there is, it was just more of a reality of life. Well, it's a rightful fear, right? It is a rightful fear. For unredeemed man, this is... Yeah, you should be scared. You should be. They're, they're, this is the final judgment. Yeah. So, yeah, you in the restoration of all things, you're tackling the resurrection of the dead, restoration of the body, mm-hmm. this mystery, victory, uh, and then the death of death. And I, th- I think the, those sections are super encouraging for us as we look forward to the rest of Hebrews, as we look to what yeah. this new covenant is supposed to mean for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and what our priest has done, as we've been talking about, I think it's great help for that. Yeah. So it's encouraging to hear people lining things up. Yeah, they were. It was pretty cool. I'm excited to hear from some stories from home groups this week. Hopefully but there'll be some connections. You hear some of those connections people using from like Joshua and other stuff that, that we've been in. And yeah, now in as things come full circle, you start to see yeah. those things firing. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's almost like the Bible kind of works together it's crazy <laughs> somehow <laughs> it's, a, it's a story right i could have spent a lot of time i really my point was to to camp out on the restoration piece um i just had, had to give some like uh some wings to it in the beginning so to speak to get it off the ground yeah and paul's talking about look the, the the resurrection is true because it's a historical fact you can go talk to these people they're alive mm-hmm. um there's so many evidences for the resurrection as a historical fact that 
if you really wanted to create a following, you wouldn't put things in the documents like that women were the first yeah. eyewitnesses because women had no right to be a I valid eyewitness of anything. They had no right in court. They, they didn't have a say. Mm -hmm. And so why would you, you would say, let's skip right to the male encounters yeah. versus the female ones. But why would you do that? Well, because it really happened that way. Yeah. Um, or talking about the fearfulness of some of the followers of Jesus or when, uh, when the, uh, when the high priest paid the soldiers to continue to fabricate this story that the disciples stole the body away. It says this, this, story is still being circulated today because Matthew's writing it and saying, oh, we're, we're still hearing this story. Yeah. Right? It's still being circulated that we stole his body, but it's not the case. Mm -hmm. you know. And so there's all this historical evidence, but Paul's point is, great, you can go talk to him, but historical facts, although they're good, they are not going to um, bring about saving faith. Yep. It's a transformation of the empowering of the Spirit of God, the quickening of the spirit and that's what happens to paul and so he's saying the greatest evidence of the resurrection is these transformed lives of these people who were cowards who himself was a persecutor persecutor of the church and all of a sudden why is this man now the, the champion of the church mm -hmm. and why is the church accepting this terrorist yeah as as yes authority yeah uh, over the church yep right apostolic authority yeah, yeah. is the resurrection yep that's the only hope it's the only hope, and it's the only hope over where you began with is humanity's big problem. Back to the death that we were talking about, this mm. culture of death that we have, this uh, the, the mass shootings everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you brought up earlier the, the fact of vasectomies on the rise, and I think generally speaking on that one, we're talking about before they have any kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the idea. Uh, I, I know that there are a lot of fathers that think it does after the fact, but sure. um, generally the, the concern, I mean— from a human flourishing component is that people are, are killing their line before yeah. they ever begin one. Exactly. That's this. There's motorcycles going by. It's, it's good. It's just, which is, it's just oral texture. Which is awesome. No, it's, the windows are open and there's motorcycles. It makes me actually want to go home and get mine out. <laughs> uh, no, we do live in this culture of death. And I, you know, we, it, obviously some abortion has been something that we've dealt with for a long time. But now with Roe v. Wade being overturned, the rise in vasectomies was massive. Mm -hmm. And there was this, you know, kind of cheering for that. And again, of course, a lot of guys get those after the fact. And that's I think that's a discussion uh, that needs a lot of biblical wisdom. Um, but you see these people, like you said, coming in and not wanting to create any life. And you see this multi-layered um, culture of death, this multi-layered version of sin because um god has created men right to lead to produce to well, and go and fill the earth that's the siren call is they're saying be responsible right and be honorable right to get a vasectomy like, exactly right and like, that's how right. the that's how the world turns it on its head yeah we were on on track there for a second but right and it calls evil good and good evil exactly yeah and so we see this and like the mass shootings and the ones that just happened i mentioned this in the sermon the one that happened in nashville mm -hmm. the heartbreaking on so many levels but what is what is um most heartbreaking to me is that the world thinks that they can champion things like transgenderism and then, and then wonder and marvel why things like this happen. Yeah, right. That they can they can tamper with what God has designed, yeah. and what God has said is, 
and all of a sudden they wonder why people end up doing crazy things, mm-hmm. you know? And so it just shows you how deeply rooted sin is. Yeah. Right. He said on Sunday, when people deny the creator of life, then they think that they are free to determine the definition of life. Yeah. That was a big thing. And so we get these, you know, questions that seem relatively obvious to everyone else until there becomes a political agenda attached to mm. it, a freedom attached to it. Does life begin at conception? Mm. Is it? You have Bill Burr, uh, the comedian, yeah. who says, it seems to me that if you were to leave it there, <laughs> it would turn into a baby. Exactly. And he goes like... And they're like, nah, nah, nonsense. And he goes, let me change the scenario for you. I make a birthday cake and I put it in the oven. You come along, open the oven, take the birthday cake out and throw it all over the floor. And I say, what the heck, man? Right. You just destroyed my birthday cake. And you say, it wasn't a birthday cake. It was the potential for a birthday cake. Exactly. I've heard that bit before. Yeah. And like, it's genius. It is. I mean, he still, you know, tries to play the, the middle line a little bit. But, sure. But his point is like, if you leave it alone, it'll be a baby. Like, right. <laughs> it's exactly right. Because yeah. it is. So does does life begin at conception? Is it clump of cells? When is it human? Mm-hmm. What is it to be a human now? What is love? Yeah. What is a woman? What is a man you were talking about? So, right. And that's where it goes beyond this idea of um, when we're saying, is it really life or not? That's the debate. That was the de- abortion debate. And you see this progression of sin and death, mm-hmm. which and sin leading to death, because now it's, it is life, mm-hmm. but I don't care. I don't care. Right? right. It's in my way. Right. And then we become numb to that. And then we move beyond that into what is a woman? What is a man? What is a girl? What is a boy? What is love? Yeah. And it's just, there's a reason that there's a plus sign on the end of the the uh, the letter people's agenda. Because there's more things to add. <laughs> I was telling because, you well, because sin, what we saw at the hockey game. Oh, right. You did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sin is never... Sin is never satisfied. No. It, it, it's like eating cotton candy. You put it in your mouth and it tastes good for a moment and it disappears. There's no satisfaction. And then it just continues and continues. So you have to add to it. You have to explore more. There's There needs it's to be a, a Romans bigger, bigger, or Galatians describes it as inventors of evil. Yes, inventors yeah. of evil. And there's, um, I can't remember, um, the. Uh, it's not the Space Odyssey, uh, C.S. Lewis, can't remember what novel is, but he talks about the the evil demons. They're actually called the warped ones mm. because they literally are so evil they have turned in upon themselves, mm. right, and become something that is entirely that's on what sta- God that's created. Star Wars is that Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have they have Lewis to thank for that. <laughs> we just watched Revenge of the Sith. The other oh, night. okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but that that's what happens to us when we continue to walk in sin. We there was a turning in on ourselves, yeah. you know, and then. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes, and you're. We're what we're seeing in our culture right now is just Romans one, uh-huh. and we're just seeing this creation worship of the Creator God. Well, and at the end of one, we see, but such for some of you. It's true, but so. such for some of you, yeah, and and because we we were destined for death. Mm-hmm. Well, in light of that, we have a small announcement to make uh, that we'd like to release here. Oh and yeah, see over the, the coming month. Uh, on April 29th is Hope Rising's Walk for Life. Now, Hope Rising uh, it used to be called Miami Valley Women's Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been along, around for, I think, 30 years or so. And they are a ministry, a parachurch ministry in Dayton. It has several locations and uh, on Stroop Road and Kettering and Xenia and Huber and a couple other places, I think. But basically, it's a crisis pregnancy center. So yeah. they... They encourage walk-ins. They come in. They share the gospel with them. 
They do pregnancy tests if they're positive. Depending on when it is, they'll do an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife actually works there two days a week doing the ultrasounds as a nurse sonographer. And so what we want to encourage uh, us to do this year is on April 29th, we want to participate in the Walk for Life. That's their major fundraiser for the year. It's something that our family's done for the past several years. And it's a little unique for our church this year because we have like a triple baby shower. We do, which is super exciting. <laughs> yeah, it just feels really kind of funny. And in, in, light, in lieu of uh, trying to like reschedule that and maybe try to do both, what we want to encourage our church to do is have the ladies go to celebrate life mm -hmm. at the baby shower. And then we'd like to call you men to come with us and, and walk for life. So yeah. from 10 to noon, they uh, they kind of have a little pre-party while people are registering. Yeah. Then they do a real short presentation with some uh, testimonies of over the last year, stuff like that. And then we walk basically around uh, Dayton Christian. Yeah, yeah my kid's school. <laughs> Supposed to be twice, but... Very rarely do people do it twice. Uh, we we did it twice the past couple of years, but yeah, you just walk around the campus, pray for it, um, and, and really make a, a showing in the community of people driving by yeah, all over. It's the place. pretty cool, yeah. People honking their horns and uh, most of them happy about it. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it, it'll be. It was interesting last year, and it will be this year too, um, in light of the the victory we we had in the courts. Yeah. So. I well, yeah. encourage you guys to do that. You can uh, be a sponsor, a sponsored walker. You can try to raise some money for it. You can donate money to another walker like Jess. Mm -hmm. um, or you can just come and participate with us. But we'd really like to see at least one man from every home group, and preferably yeah. more. Yeah, um, It would be awesome to have a big showing of, of Christian men yes, out there. I agree. I, I could not emphasize that more. Like it would be awesome for our men to be there and bring your kids. Yeah, bring your kids. If mom, yeah, let mom go to the baby shower and bring the kids along. All these kids who are supposed to be an imposition to your right. life and you know stop you from your career chasing and your golf and such. Right. No, they are a blessing. Bring, and we want them. Bring your blessings. Bring your quivers, and we'll fire them at the passing cars. Yes. Not really. I'm into that. Don't throw them. Um, <laughs> don't throw your children in the cars <laughs> somebody will put that on a google review take that heathen that guy said you should throw your children at the cars of heathens <laughs> that's the pagans whatever so if you have any questions about that please talk to my wife jessica or myself and uh there should also be a table set up in the commons by sunday mm -hmm. with some more information on that um but yeah, yeah. so we, we want to call you know we have the answer yeah we do we have the answer for what, what life should be. Right. I've said this. Whenever I talk about death, I, I always uh, have said this, that especially the old churches, they had, uh, especially the ones in the country, they had graveyards. Mm -hmm. And it's to say, we have the answer, right? We don't have to put it away. We don't have to put it away. No, we, this is something that we know that we must face. It's something that is not natural because... Uh, when people say, well, death is natural. Yeah, in one sense, but ultimately it's not because it wasn't supposed to be this way. Never supposed to be that Yeah, that's why Jesus weeps at the tomb of Lazarus. It's like the word was there in the beginning and he saw that it was not supposed to be this way. And now in his human form and understanding and feeling those emotions, he's like overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, I think also think he's angry. Sure. And, and he's, I think he's angry and I, this picture of him setting his eyes towards the cross and say, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my foot, my heel on the head of the snake and crush it. And and what we celebrate Sunday then is the satisfaction of that. Yes. That payment, that crushing. So yeah. Amen. He said I, we we know that God was satisfied by the cross because right. of the resurrection. Right. I think sometimes we, the cross, obviously, that is that is the atonement for our sins. 
That's a propitiation. But often, as we've talked before on the podcast, as we've been leading our folks, we like to camp out there. But the cross means absolutely nothing mm-hmm. if there's no resurrection. Yeah. And this is what Paul is saying in First Corinthians. Like, look, if, if Christ is not raised, then you are a people to be pitied. <laughs> right? That's what I kept saying on Sunday. You are not a people to be pitied. Yeah. Right? You are, you are, our preaching is not in vain. Uh, you are not still in your sins. Mm-hmm. Not because of the cross ultimately, but because of the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. And what the resurrection shows us is that God was satisfied with the perfect life of Jesus because this is what gives sin is what gives death its teeth mm-hmm. and, it's a, and call back to Hebrews 2 yep Jesus can help us why because he's the only one who can live a perfect life and help those us who are in this death grip this this fear this actually the words are slavery to the fear of death mm-hmm. and Jesus is the only one that can do that and so the the cross is is the payment and the resurrection is death can't hold him, which gets me just just love this idea of of death um, trying to hold on to Jesus, <laughs> and he has he has you know um, no problem mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, it, it can't hold him. It can't. That, no. That's a beautiful part about the Apostles' Creed of the him descending into hell. Yes, and declaring to them not, yes. not preaching to them in a salvific sense but declaring to them his victory yeah no it talks about that in first peter i i, I really do think there's a couple of different opinions on that i think jesus went to hell and showed up to the demons party yeah they were partying partying saying we destroyed the son of god we he, got him he taps one on the shoulder and says Ahem. boo <laughs> yeah like hey guys <laughs> let me actually tell you what just happened <laughs> The M Night Shyamalan movie. Yes, it's, it's, it's for so, I don't know. For some reason, all I can think of is John Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus shows up to the the demons' party, all the strobe lights, and starts taking them out. <laughs> that was probably sacrilegious or something. Uh, it depends on what Jesus is carrying. <laughs> well, yeah. I I said this on Sunday, and I know that our folks. And I, I don't know how you struggle with this, but I struggle with this in various ways where we think that in some way that there is still wrath for us, right? I was talking to a couple people on Sunday and they were saying, yes, thank you. you. <laughs> Even some of the songs we've been singing that he drank destruction to the dregs, mm-hmm. the cup is dry. Yep. Um, there is no more wrath. That's the part of finish. That's what he means when he exactly. was finished. It's, yeah. it's sin paid for, one. Yeah. Wrath absorbed, yeah. two. That, that uh, Lion Man song, weep no more, the wrath is on the tree. Yeah. And I, I think what you have to do is not look at the cross for that assurance. You have to look at the resurrection. Resurrection. You have to look at the resurrection and say, no, the reason God is satisfied is because he brought Jesus back to life. So the life that I now inherit yeah. by faith in him is that resurrection life. So there is no more payment for sins, and that's Hebrews. There, there's no more payment. It's done. Yep. He's he's the last priest. Yeah. Right? He's the final priest. Yeah, that was that was a huge thing for me heading into sabbatical. I was expecting to spend all four months working through deep study, everything. Right. And then like the second Sunday in, uh, we went to church up in uh, Piqua at one of our friend's places uh, and I listened to him preach probably the most boring passage of Galatians there is. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be dry. And it, it, it fixed everything for me. Yeah. That's where I got the promises of promise thing. Yeah. 
And uh, well, that's where I got a recent title for a sermon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from yeah, that. dude. I that I'll 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 love that sermon forever. It, it's yeah, a promise is a promise. Like the law came after the promise. It doesn't change the promise. Yeah. I meant what I said. Yeah. And I mean, you. I don't want to skip too far ahead. But you're going to talk about the law uh, next, but sure. that freedom of the promise is a promise, and the fact that not only was it paid for, but it was approved, it mm-hmm. takes this judgment throne that used to be formally scary, intimidating. Like I was in my head just thinking through because I don't have my my stereo up and running like it should be in the truck right now. So right. I listen to myself a lot, which is a little <laughs> scary. Uh, but I'm singing uh, Rock of Ages, and see, the On Thy Judgment Throne is supposed to be one of the exciting parts. Right. And it's uh, not for mm. for you if you have the wrong idea, right? It's scary, it's intimidating, what judgment is going to be on me. But it turns that judgment throne into a place of joy because he's going to judge me righteous. Yeah. And that's going to be just because I have Jesus' righteousness, yeah. as we've talked about prolifically in Hebrews. But that shifting on the head, it moves away from a, a picture of the cross only and mm-hmm. limiting the gospel to that, to the empty tomb. Yeah. No, that's good. That yeah, See thee on thy judgment throne at Rock of Ages. What are you going to say? Rock of Ages. Yep. Left for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Uh-huh. Right? And that's because that's, that's our only claim. Yep. Because without that, you're obliterated mm-hmm. in, the, in the face of God's glory. So I... I, I think we need to look at the resurrection for the assurance of uh, our pardon. Look at the cross, sure. You can look at the cross to see the severity of your sin, but sometimes sometimes people do struggle with seeing the severity of sin, and you need to look at the cross, like all the bloodiness of it, all the, all the horrificness of it. Um, excruciating, that word literally means from the cross. They had to make up a word for it. So that's how bad your sin is. Um, was that old hymn, ye who think of sin but lightly, Yeah. right? Um, or suppose the evil, oh, I can't remember it now. All you got to do is look at the cross, basically, is saying, to see the heaviness of it. Cool. But some of you, you feel that. So now you need to look at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Well, and for a culture, too, that was used to crucifixions every day. That's true. And eventually all the Jews of the city mm-hmm. with no resurrections. Right. 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 It, that was it. Yeah, no, that's good. I And in the same vein of that, I would say you have to look at, so if you look at the cross and understand the heaviness of sin, and then also you look at the resurrection to understand you're, you're pardoned and you're forgiven, you also got to look at the resurrection to see that that's where the power to walk in newness of life comes from. Yeah, that's That's the life you've been given, resurrection power, to say no to sin, say yes to righteousness. And... If you think that you can add to your justification, though, by by self-justifying works, trying to add to in some way to make God more pleased with you, you have to understand that God is pleased with the sacrifice of his son. Mm-hmm. And the more faith you walk in in that fact, yeah. the more God is glorified and, and pleased like we are as fathers when we see our children obeying. You know, yes. so we love you. And that's why we discipline you, and that's why we stick around when you're an annoying little brat. <laughs> but it's, so, it's, so I love you. It's like I love you anymore. I'm always going to love you, and that's the the father's love. But but my love overflows and abounds more and more as a delight. Yeah. In us, as we become more like His Son, mm-hmm. as we become less like me, more like Jesus, and so that resurrection power is what you have to go forward and 
to not be addicted to the things that you were addicted to before. And I don't think that folks grasp it. Sometimes you just want to grab them and shake them. And say like, <laughs> I, uh, I remember Keller one time saying, when somebody asked him about his cancer that had taken a turn for the worst, he said, uh, "If they're well, the resurrection is true. Everything's going to be all right." <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's true. And if the resurrection is true, then you're really going to be able to um, lead your family mm-hmm. and make hard decisions. If you're the resurrection is true, then you're really going to be able to submit to your husband and lead your children and and make wise decisions for your, for your kids and education or whatever else. Yeah. Right. If the resurrection is really true, you're really going to be able to overcome um, your addiction to pornography or whatever else it is. Mm-hmm. You really are. Mm-hmm. It, it's there. It's just a belief. It's just true victory. What did Jesus yeah. say? I am the resurrection and the life. And then he looks at her and he says, do you believe this? <laughs> yeah. And that's really the question to us. Yeah. Do it I really believe is. It? It's a belief issue. Yeah, I, you said yesterday those who are dominated by the grace of God will overflow in hard work. That, that's the hard work that you're talking about, and that's yeah. the grace that you're talking about. Yeah, that's what Paul says in the very beginning. He's like, I outworked everybody. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't me. Uh, I mean, he worked really hard for evil before he was converted. Now, all of a sudden, he's working um, out his salvation because God is working in him, and he's outworking everybody. Yeah, so overflowing in, in grace... Um, is going to produce really hard work for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you continue to walk in that sin, if you continue to walk in that unbelief, you are saying that Jesus is still dead by those actions. Yeah. That he's not, he's not out of, the, out of the tomb. And we should go to that tomb and we should put some flowers there and, and just enshrine it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that takes us to kind of the end section where um, you, you again talked about the restoration of all things. Mm-hmm. So I, I clipped in here verses 57, 58. It says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, mm-hmm. because of this, mm-hmm. my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm-hmm. I think that. Again, as we talked about earlier, the restoration component is so helpful because that's that's where we are now, and that's where you gave us these these uh, these commands, these outworkings to go do now, be yeah. steadfast, be abounding, affirm, you know, and celebrate, behave now in light of the future. Yeah. So yeah, Paul, for yep. me, this this component of knowing that the in the Lord your labor is not in vain is something mm. that I need <laughs> every season. You know. <laughs> right. No, I do too, man. I. I often just quote to myself in silence, don't become weary in doing good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in due season you will reap. If you don't faint, if you keep going, if you persevere. And the only way that you can do that, and this is the Hebrews, goes back to Hebrews as we jump back into that next week. Persevering, working out your salvation, striving to enter the rest. Better spiritual the cardio. Yeah, all the, exactly. <laughs> all these, this effort, this make a great effort. All of that, work harder than any of them, all of that is possible because of the resurrection. So mm-hmm. that's 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 not impossible for you to do. Yeah, It's the thing that empowers you. And now, instead of, and the reason he's saying, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord, he says just before that, that the death has lost its sting. And he's mm-hmm. talking about the law is the thing that gives, gives sin um, its power because it's the thing that, brings us to the realization that we are undone and completely unable to save ourselves. So that's why Paul kind of breaks forth in this um, 
Thanksgiving in 57, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord, that because of the resurrection, it's really possible to change. Because of the resurrection, you can be steadfast and immovable. Mm -hmm. You can, he says later in uh, 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Yeah. And I gave some examples of Christian martyrs through the years on Sunday that like um, faced death with, not that they didn't struggle, I'm sure, in their humanity, but they faced death with just such joy. Mm-hmm. And and it was defanged for them. It was, uh, Hodge says, death is rendered uh, as harmless as an infant yeah. to the believer because of the resurrection. Like Bonhoeffer looked and he was like, um, real life begins for me now mm-hmm. when the Gestapo was getting ready to kill him. Yep. You know, others were going home. Going home. Yeah. Uh, and not just not just facing it with that realization, but facing it with joy. Sure. Like the apostles, like they counted it a joy, a privilege to, to suffer like their Savior. And so we can do the same. And I, we find it hard sometimes to share the gospel with our coworker. Right. Or the people in our family. Because they'll look at us funny. Exactly. They'll look at us funny. They'll think we're one of those weird Christians. So churches do stupid things like trying to, you know, be relevant to the world. Mm-hmm. So that the church that tries to be relevant to the world, as we've seen in our culture, is just begging the world, please like us, please think we're cool. Yeah. When the scripture is in direct opposition to that, First um, Peter, you're aliens and sojourners and exiles. <laughs> you're called out, right? Yeah. You're supposed to look different. Yeah, well, in the book that we were reading on our elder retreat uh, reminded us is like just practically, man, just just straight practically. People don't go from being like hardcore feminists to you know, oh, I kind of see your point of view, and they're right. like in the middle. No, they right. they go from radical on one side yep. to fully converted on the other side, yeah. and that's on any topic. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's what happened in the Old Testament. It's like, oh. You you want to worship Yahweh? Awesome! Come on in. Get right. circumcised. Get, get circumcised. <laughs> Can I just be a, a regular Jew? Like, right. No, this is regular Jew. No, yeah. <laughs> get the stone. The sharpen the stones. Get the flint. Your time. So <laughs> well, yeah, we just have baptism now, so we should be thankful. Well, it should be. But you do. You're right. You see that transformation in Paul. You see it in Peter. Again, another evidence of the resurrection. These people were. Mm-hmm. Either cowards running and hiding, and Peter's running and hiding, and all of a sudden he's standing up preaching boldly, mm-hmm. um, empowered by the Spirit, because he wasn't the smartest guy in the world, Yeah, right? Because he was not paying much attention when Jesus was here doing his earthly ministry, <laughs> right? All of a sudden now he's like preaching one of the greatest sermons we've ever heard, yeah. empowered by the Spirit. And then you got Paul, who's just destroying the church, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden now he's his biggest... Is his biggest advocate. Yeah. So yeah, there's this there's this fearlessness in the face of death and hardship because not just because we know that there's a resurrection and we will be with Jesus, but there's this thing beyond that. Everything that I have done in this life um, for the glory of God matters, mm-hmm. and I think even deeper. You referenced this earlier that Paul says uh, I was predestined before the foundations of the world, but then he had this conversion on the Damascus road but what of all of this crap in between I did horrible things yeah like it seems like he would have really been an advocate for the church earlier <laughs> right but even so all of this God used for his glory yeah all of this is a part of the process and Paul says one of those things is so people will be able to look at me and say if God can save that man he can save anybody but even more that God will even use our 
use us in spite of us. He sanctifies us in spite of us. You know, we've got all got all of our limbs dug into the ground and he's, you know, <laughs> tugging on us to move forward and we're saying no, no, no. Mm-hmm. He's going to work in spite of us. And when we get to heaven one day, um in this in this new heavens and new earth, when there's this restoration of the body and this putting on of Christ with this resurrection body that he has, then we'll be able to look back and see the purpose for all these things. And it won't be, I said this on Sunday, and I hope people got this, heaven is not a compensation. It's not like, it's not like payment for this earth. Like, no. it really sucked there, so now let, let, hope this will make up for it. Here's a big mansion and some gold streets. Yeah. Like, that's what, but that's what, like, our theology has come to in a lot of places. That's not what it means when we talk about reward. Exactly. No. Um, and also, also, it's, there's this it's it's not this is my compensation you're saying like wages you suffered enough this is what you get this right is, exactly yeah. exactly no i don't yeah i don't mean that at all no there there is this jesus is the treasure mm-hmm. and jesus is the reward and our our liturgy of this you know the song followed that up right after the sermon about jesus is the treasure he's the reward yep and when you have the resurrection body that christ now has for all of eternity you will be like him so therefore you will understand like he does and you will see everything in light of how he has seen it yeah. and you will say you won't just say like okay i get it i knew why i had to suffer that infertility or why i had to suffer my child dying or had cancer or those people said horrible things about me or, or whatever it won't it won't be that you'll understand it but the bigger piece will will be that you will say it is perfect. Mm-hmm. It is all beautiful and perfect. I couldn't have written a better story. That's why we say worthy is the lamb to take the scroll. Yep. He's the only one that can take the scroll of human history. Yeah. And then we're going to spend the rest of eternity glorifying him in that. So we can be, Paul says, be abounding, be outstanding, like excel in everything that you, you do. Mm-hmm. Cause your labor is not in vain. Everything you do in the Lord is not in vain. Big things are what you think are little things. Yeah. They're not. They're not little. They're big. Mm-hmm. If they're done for his glory. I mean, I was talking to somebody recently in home group, and they were talking about, like, the language of uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Right? Like, these things are going to last. These things aren't going to last. And I said, so what's an example of something you feel like is going to last? Like something big and not going to burn up. And they said, oh, like selling all you have and giving to the poor. I said, okay. I said, I'm poor. <laughs> so give it to me. No. Um, it's not, not send your emails this week. It's send your checks. Yeah, send your checks to Jeff. <laughs> um, and I get that. But I pointed them to the years that Jesus spent in obscurity before his public ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? So Jesus doesn't start his public ministry for a really long time. Even after instructing the rabbis when he was young. Exactly. There's all this stuff. And how did Jesus learn obedience? Through what? Through suffering. Yep. Right? So, you know, they've got these Jesus movies where he, like, carves the little wooden dove because, well, he's a carpenter's son, too. And then all of a sudden he <laughs> makes it like a, a bird and it flies away. <laughs> right? Like, no. It, Jesus would have had to learn how to write and how to read and he would have had to taken out whatever the trash looked like then and work by the spread of his brow and quite literally if they didn't work they weren't going to eat 
in that culture, things were much harder. So all these things that Jesus puts his hand to, he does them though perfectly. Yeah. Right? He does them for the glory of his father. He doesn't sin. He feels the effects of sin as in he he feels emotion, he's tired, he's hungry, all that. But the things that he touches, he does it for God's glory. And so none of that stuff though is meaningless. None of that stuff is worthless. All that stuff matters. And if you remember the um, sermon in Hebrews that Matt preached, I can't remember the uh, passage right now. All that is preparing Jesus for the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, yeah. Because he's learning obedience through suffering. So then when he gets to the Garden and he's praying, feeling very real emotions about what's happening, mm-hmm. that it, all of that in the past that nobody saw and that we don't have a record of, we have a very little record of what Jesus did. He talks to the teachers in the temple, right? Yeah. His parents can't find him, right? He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with men. That's what we know. For, for <laughs> Exactly. For 30 years. It's probably a lot of very mundane things. Yep. He doesn't have this first miracle, right, until the wedding at Cana. He gets to Gethsemane, and all that stuff prepared him in that moment to say, not my will but yours be done. Mm-hmm. Then the cross, then the resurrection, and then the ascension, and then coming back and and taking us to be with him, transforming our earthly bodies into these beautiful heavenly bodies for all of eternity. And all of that had to be done in order for the rest of it to happen. Mm-hmm. So your work in the Lord is not meaningless. Mm-hmm. It matters. And I could give I gave a big list on Sunday, uh, but it matters. And you well, have to live in light of that. So we referenced Romans earlier. That, that's Romans 12. Your life is a poured out as a living sacrifice mm-hmm. this is your daily worship yeah the joy, joyful pouring out of yourself mm-hmm. and that's you if you want to use hebrews language that you have been made um a priest now mm-hmm. right to offer sacrifices so when you're in the next room praying for your children after you tuck them in and snuggle them and pray with them and you go in the next room and you pray for their salvation you're interceding for them mm-hmm. for little sinners yep. that god would save them Right when yeah. you're when you're breaking up fights, when you're changing diapers, when you're when you're doing spreadsheets, when you're working with wood, when you're changing oil, when you're writing sermons, yep. all of that is is offerings of praise because we are a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now, those things are being offered up to God, mm-hmm. and, and and the psalmist talks about those things being a sweet smelling savor, yeah, to God, yeah, and and he delights in those things, and you have to live in light of that reality that all of this stuff matters. All of it, what is it? Is that gladiator? It echoes in eternity. Yeah. What we do now echoes in eternity. <laughs> it's true. Um, what we do now, it, it will it will last if yeah. it's done for God's glory. If it's not, you get your pat on the back now. You get your reward now. Well, and that's, that's it. That's the danger with the perspective of like we do spiritual things and we do regular things, right. and there's no shifting back and forth between those two. No, and we have a life of worship, and so I think it's. It's great the way you close with the firm and celebrate the gospel. Firm mm-hmm. celebrate that God resurrects, transforms the corpses of believers, that resurrection changes everything. Yeah. Behave now in light of the future. All of this is our is our restoration piece where we are walking yeah. out that last piece of our liturgy through the week. Yeah. Until you come back next Sunday and we start all over. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we with joyful anticipation mm-hmm. look forward to that trumpet sounding. Is that Maranatha. Yeah, that's, that's why we say it. Come, Lord Jesus. And, and until then, though, that's why Paul's saying, look, this is a reality. The resurrection is a real thing, and, and God's going to restore everything. You're going to get a new body. 
all the scars, all the hardship, all that's going to be gone. And so now live in light of that and you can go forward being steadfast, immovable, always abounding, outworking everyone in good works because grace is overflowing in you. And be encouraged. Elsewhere, elsewhere, he says, encourage one another with these words. Encourage yeah. one another with this fact. Mm-hmm. So when you when you're down in the dumps, um, I, I you've heard me you've heard me on the podcast and you've heard me in sermons and I said this on Sunday talk about the pot, washing of the pot. So we have this pot in our house, the silver all clad pot. Mm-hmm. I think we got it at a thrift store because all clad's really expensive. Um, <laughs> again, send your checks to me. <laughs> um and uh and Bryn stands this is this is metaphorical for her but actual physical thing for her is she's like how is God glorified by me washing this pot for the thousandth time yeah. right and so what she has done if you come to our house is you will see in front of the sink on the window the window plastered with scripture verses <laughs> I've seen it to remind her in the moment when she thinks my job as a mother and a homemaker is not as valuable as being a CEO of a company because that's what the world tells me that I have to do to be a woman, mm-hmm. you know, of power. Yep. And, and, and Satan is attacking her with that lie from hell. She looks at those scriptures and realizes, no, she's washing this pot, this dang pot for the thousandth time because she's just cooked food in that. Even if it was just oatmeal or whatever it seemed, whatever it seemed to be, it was not meaningless. It was for the fueling of her people to go forward and do the work of the ministry for the glory of God. And it matters. It matters. I bet you Jesus had to wash some pots. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I, I've thought about your pot a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been in a conversation. And, like, the reality in the ancient times of the fact that if you were to lose your usually earthenware pot, yeah, and then your family can't eat. It's true. Unless it's something roasted. And just generally speaking, most of what they ate was stew. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's they took point. what they could find, they threw it in with some water, they made it hot, and they ate it. Yeah. And if you don't take care of that pot, if mm. you don't wash it, if you're not gentle with it, yeah, then your family doesn't eat. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. And we have to keep fighting back the lies of the enemy that, that the things that we do in daily life as a believer are not important. They are. Because there is a day coming when Jesus will return and we will be found who are in Christ. We will be found in his righteousness. We won't hide our faces. We won't cry out for the rocks to fall on us. Mm -hmm. Consequently, we should go and tell as many people as possible this good news because there will be people who will cry out for the rocks to fall upon them. Those people that are running around doing the stupid Easter holiday, chasing eggs and the bunnies and all that stuff, and who who might, or I would say who came on Easter morning to, to a church and sat in this, the pew because that's when they come. They come for that and they come for Christmas. And they sing songs about a risen Savior that they have no experience who, who he is. There's a horrible irony that uh, rotten eggs are end up being a foreshadowing of the lake of sulfur. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yep. And so we got to tell people the good news of the gospel and live in light of it. Be fearless in it. And and know that your labor is not in vain. But you gotta you gotta beat back in that moment the idea that uh, this doesn't matter. It matters why, because of the resurrection. Because I am living in light of that day. There's this song, a, a artist I listen to, Ryan Bingham. He's kind of a kind of a folky country singer, like a real country singer. I wouldn't say kinda. 
Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, he's very country, very. But well, but I gotta say, kind of, because it's not country as in like we're used to around here in Ohio. Uh, yeah, like that's not country. Con- don't get me started on country, <laughs> right? Like if you're listening to George Strait, okay, <laughs> I can talk to you. But if you're listening to like what's this guy, Luke Bryant, or some of these other dummies, <laughs> get out of here. Just, just don't. Okay, don't get me started. It's just twangy pop. Yeah, exactly. It's just twangy <laughs> pop. Exactly. Right, you can blame Taylor Swift for that, and most everything, and most everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, um, so you go listen to Ryan Bingham. He's actually a a real cowboy, Uh, but he's got this song. uh, He says, "But I knew somehow there would come a day, so I stood my ground and kept the wolves at bay." And I, I was listening to that this morning, and I'm thinking, "There's going to come a day. I know it." Um, I didn't. I don't know. Somehow, I know for sure. Now, Paul says it's a mystery how our bodies are going to be put back together. Let me remind you: don't spend a ton of time on that in home group. Yeah, you just go talk to the dispensationalists for that. Right? <laughs> That's true. It's a mystery. Whatever. What's not a mystery is it will happen. So stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Keep the wolves at bay. Fight them back with the truth of the gospel that has been given to you in the power of the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, be steadfast. Be abounding. Know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen. Appreciate you guys listening this week and uh, this later episode. But uh, we hope that it's, it has been super helpful. Super helpful. Super helpful. The resurrection is super helpful. It is indeed. <laughs> it's the only help. Yeah. Amen. Well, we want to encourage you as always to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. And we will see you next week. You have to stand your ground and keep the wolves at bay. Well, I knew somehow There would come the day When I stood my ground Kept the wolves at bay Well, I knew somehow There will come the day So I stood my ground Kept the wolves at bay